0: Galen, Arlen, Bo, Gigadelic Media, Chance, Chase, Dan, David, Ava, Bob, The West Bank Robbery Podcast, Jamie, Gary, Max, Ishtofer, James, Martin, Matthew Ho, Brian, Nobody, Thomas, and Dano. And now on to the show. Hey there, Parallax Views listeners. On this edition of the program, we speak with Eldar Memdov, a contributor to Responsible Statecraft and Eurasianet, about Argentina's president-elect, Javier Melea, and what his hawkish foreign policy entails. There's been a lot of talk about Malay since his shock election victory, but most of it has been on his sort of libertarian economic thought, uh, really radical libertarian economic thought and less on his foreign policy ideas. And as you'll find out in this conversation, his thinking on international relations may well be a great cause for concern. So, with that in mind, let's get right to it with Eldar Memdov. Welcome to Parallax Views, a guest that I'm really happy to be speaking with. He's a contributor to Responsible Statecraft and Net, a foreign policy expert on the Middle East, Persian Gulf, and the South Caucasus, and... We are going to be speaking with him about uh, some things happening in Argentina right now. Eldar Mamadov, how are you doing?
1: Hi, uh, good to be with
0: you. So if you could, you wrote this piece on the new president-elect of Argentina. Uh, He's a libertarian character. Can you just give the basic background on who this figure is?
1: Well, uh, he's a... Relative newcomer to politics. Uh, he's um, He's been elected as a member of Argentine Congress uh, some two years ago. Before that, uh, he was just a frequent contributor to uh, TV uh, debates on economy and uh, he's always distinguished himself with uh, being, uh, just as you described him correctly, a uh, libertarian economist, and uh, with a set of very firm views on uh, the role of state in economy and uh, how the Argentine economy has to be reformed uh, to get out of its uh, current difficulties.
0: I don't want to mispronounce his name, but I believe it's Javier Millet?
1: Yes, indeed.
0: Okay. And, uh, you know, a lot of focus, I think, has been put on his... Um, how shall we put it uh flamboyant uh perhaps eccentric uh persona uh you know he's he has a penchant for having gone on the pan- campaign trail dressed as a uh superhero sort of i guess captain or general and cap character he looked like a a batman supervillain or something it's really kind of bizarre stuff uh but you're more focused on his foreign policy maybe you could talk about what areas of his foreign policy uh, may not line up with the alleged libertarian ideals that he claims to espouse?
1: Well, um, if we take the libertarian foreign policy as one uh, that promotes recent prosperity, and uh, for that we can take, for example, Ron Paul Institute as a reference point, or the policies that uh, his son, Senator Ron Paul, defends. Uh, then certainly the positions uh, that uh, Pierre Millet has embraced in the election campaign, uh, they do not align with uh, uh, those libertarian tenets of foreign policy. His views are starkly um, ideological. He divides the world neatly into liberal democracies uh, and communist uh, autocracies. He always emphasizes communist element, uh, which, you know, is uh, a kind of very broad uh, tent for him. Uh, It's not just the Chinese uh, Communist Party that uh, uh, he uh, dubs in this way, but also leaders like the president of Brazil, uh, President Lula, and other uh, leftist leaders uh, in South America, President Putin, uh, who definitely is not authoritarian, but uh, it be quite a stretch to call him a communist uh, by any measure. So uh, you have this very uh, Manichean um, and simplistic uh, worldview, which uh, basically divides it into good guys, the liberal Democrats, and the bad guys, the communist uh, autocrats. And interestingly enough, uh, even the Pope Francis um, has been included in the in the leather camp, in the camp of uh, dangerous uh, communists.
0: I, I was going to add to that, I, I, you know, I saw Sir Rob Amari posted about this, but apparently, and this, this angered me because I, I grew up Catholic. So, I, I mean, apparently he called the Pope a son of a bitch, you know, so
1: I mean, yes,
0: he's, yeah, he's an out there character
1: when it comes to this he definitely doesn't mean his words yes.
0: For people that, that aren't aren't of a libertarian persuasion, should they yeah. also be concerned with this man's foreign policy and, and where he could take Argentinian foreign policy?
1: Well uh I think so uh definitely um I mean uh, he has uh built, built to severe ties with uh China Brazil uh which are uh, two of the main um, trade partners for Argentina, with the combined 25% of uh, Argentina exports uh, going to those two markets. Uh, lately, he uh, seemed to somewhat soften his position uh, by saying that um, in the presidential debate, notably, that uh, uh, he would not advocate uh, an outright severance of ties with Brazil and China. But uh, he expressed strong belief that uh, those ties uh, should be sort of outsourced totally to the private sector. But that is a very uh, simplistic view of how international relations work. Uh, It's not that the private companies uh, go and negotiate uh, trade deals uh, between the nations, like it or not. But that's uh, the role. Uh, the governments play. Uh, governments negotiate uh, trade agreements. Uh, they, they, their role is to establish the framework within which then the private actors uh, can function, can trade, uh, can invest, uh, and so on. Uh, but the frameworks, uh, the agreements, uh, they have to be established uh, by the governments negotiating face to face so uh that's a very i would say naive and uninformed view of uh, international relations uh, that uh, mr Millet was propounding as the candidate but we'll see what he does uh, once he fully assumes his role as the president so um yeah i was saying that uh, there are a few um, elements that you have to uh, keep in mind first jair bolsonaro uh, before assuming the presidency before being elected as president he served for some 27 years as the member of the parliament in brazil so he had at least some notion of uh, how international relations work and then uh, he was surrounded by um, uh, some people with more experience than uh, himself uh, who exerted uh, some moderating influence in case of javier Millet, uh i'm not sure at this point uh, that uh, it can work because uh, mr Millet is very literal that's uh, that's one of his um uh, defining features uh, basically uh, what he says he means at least so far uh his whole political career has pointed in that direction and his first statements uh, After being elected, uh, they suggest that he is firmly determined to carry out his program as enunciated uh, in pre-election campaign. But that is more uh, about uh, his ways of fixing the economy. That's that's more about privatization, about slashing uh, public expenditure, and these sort of things. Uh, Since uh, he was elected... uh, He said preciously little about foreign policy, except that uh, he intends uh, to visit Israel and the United States uh, as soon as possible. Um, So um, at the moment, uh, I would take him uh, and his words and uh, take what he says uh, quite literally. Then another question is, um, he's uh, he's a very inexperienced politician, he's a newcomer. So he will have to build alliances and coalitions, not least because his own party uh, has very few seats in the National Congress. Uh, Right now, uh, there's a sort of new alliance uh, that he established with uh, the former center-right President Mauricio Macri, uh, who was president between 2015 and 2019 and who um, supported uh, Mr. Millet in these elections. So there are talks uh, right now between the two uh, on the ways uh, how they will cooperate in the future. And it is possible that uh, uh, Mr. Macri and his allies um, will try at least uh, to uh, exercise some moderating influence on Millet. Again, the question is to what extent they will succeed, to what extent Milley will listen to them because, as I said, uh, he seems to be a very firm character uh, who deeply believes uh, in things that he says. And, uh, by the way, his uh, choice for the foreign minister, minister, uh, Diana Mondino, she spent her entire professional life in private sector um, and... Uh, To a great extent, uh, she seems to share uh, Mr. Millet's uh, views on foreign policy as essentially a preserve of um, uh, private sector when it comes to trade, and also in this uh, uh, rigid division of the world uh, into democracies and autocracies. So I would say uh, we should, of course, wait and see, uh, but... um, now, I think there's a, a sound case uh, for, uh, let's say, skepticism as to what extent he could temper, moderate his uh, views that he expressed so far. But, but we'll, we shall see, it, of course.
0: Could you speak to his views on Israel? Because he's a, a pretty fervid supporter of Israel. What does that entail?
1: Well, uh, he, on several occasions... Um, expressed not just uh, his uh, support for israel which which is uh, which is sort of completely uh, legitimate position and it was also uh, widely shared uh, throughout argentinian political spectrum uh, notably in the center right uh, but he went considerably farther than that uh, he announced uh, that his uh, first visit as president-elect will be to Israel and the United States, which is quite unusual for a country like Argentina. One would think that uh, the first visit uh, would be to Brazil, the biggest neighbor and the main uh, commercial partner, uh, but not to Israel. And then uh, he also uh, pledged to move uh, Argentinian embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And those are the positions uh, that go, uh, considerably beyond uh, what uh, till now has been the traditional consensus, Argentine foreign policy. How
0: how could this change relations with other between Argentina and other countries in the region? So, like, I mean, obviously, this is going to affect Argentina's relationship with Brazil. Could you speak to that?
1: Well, we've seen uh, we've seen that uh, the Brazilian president uh, uh, has uh, congratulated him with his election win and expressed uh, uh, availability uh, to work together. Uh, but uh, it's doubtful, for example, that President Lula would arrive uh, to his official assumption of presidency by Mister Millet, uh, because uh, in the recent past. Uh, Milley not only uh, uh, accused Lula of being a communist, but he also insulted him by by calling him uh, a thief, basically. So um, I would assume that the Brazilian uh, government would expect some sort of uh, retraction, if not apology, uh, before uh, relations could go back to normal. Then uh, concerning other... uh, countries in the region, you know that uh, quite a few of them currently are ruled by uh, leftist uh, governments, uh, such as Chile, uh, Colombia, uh, Bolivia. Uh, These are the neighbors of uh, Argentina. So, and um, considering this uh, very ideological approach that we have seen so far, uh, it would be Reasonable to assume that uh, the relations will be bumpy.
0: Can you, I, I, I know you don't have a crystal ball, so you can't predict the future, but when you say that uh, based on his stark ideological rhetoric uh, and, you know, just how he is so ignorant of international relations and how it works, you've said that you know, this may lead to a bumpy road ahead for foreign policy in Argentina. What are some of the things that people should look out for? What are some of the risks? How how could this affect Argentina, Argentinian foreign policy in a negative way?
1: Well, uh, one thing is, uh, as already mentioned, the relations with Brazil, which are absolutely crucial uh, for Argentina, uh, yeah, they're and one of
0: those,
1: the main trading partners. Yes, it's main one of the main trading uh, trading partners. Uh, then uh, there is a very multifaceted uh, relationship with China, which especially developed uh, during the tenure of uh, the previous government. Uh, there are a lot of uh, infrastructure uh, projects that are being implemented uh, by the Chinese companies in Argentina, such as. Uh, Two hydroelectric dams uh, that are being built in the south of Argentina. Then, in the north of Argentina, the Chinese are building uh, railways. So, and these are only let's say the, the most uh, salient, the biggest uh, projects. Uh, there is a quite intense uh, relationship on the economic front that has uh, developed between China and Argentina. Uh, particularly under the outgoing Peronist uh, administration. And uh, it remains to be seen to what extent uh, those uh, projects will go ahead. Uh, The Chinese Foreign Ministry uh, already, um, well, uh, at first they they said that uh, they're looking forward uh, for constructive uh, relationship once Mr. Millet was elected. But then the spokeswoman uh, for the Chinese Foreign Ministry Uh, sort of warned that uh, if Argentina uh, will go to break uh, relations with China, then uh, that would be very problematic and and that will will have consequences. Uh, We don't know yet what kind of consequences, but um, uh, certainly uh, in terms of BRICS, for example, uh, the grouping of including China, Russia, Brazil, India and South America, to which Argentina was uh, invited to join, uh, Millet uh, has said in no uncertain terms uh, that uh, he sees this uh, block uh, as a, basically the club of dictators and that Argentina is not going uh, to make that invitation effective. Uh, so, and uh, uh, again, these are the lost potential opportunities in terms of trade, in terms of diplomatic relationship, the previous government uh, was a strong believer in multipolarity, uh, which is why uh, they um, developed relations not only with those countries with which Argentina always had close relationship, like the United States or European nations, uh, but also others, uh, China, like Russia, like uh, countries, uh, let's say, more broadly the global south and uh, if um Millet's, uh vision uh, will be implement implemented uh, the vision his vision as we know it now then uh um it will probably lead to bigger isolation uh, of argentina from those emerging powers and em- emerging uh uh in the uh in this more multipolar uh, dispensation that's taking shape in the
0: yeah I wanted to say I think he's also had some strong words for China so I mean I think he called China an assassin right
1: it is yeah he did.
0: In, in terms of the broader picture I I know your responsible statecraft article was focused on his foreign policy are there other concerns with the radicalism of his economic proposals um i know on twitter you said uh, as soon as it was announced he was you know uh the winner in this election you said this is really awful news for argentina and latin america bigger picture how bad is this going to be uh having someone like this in office
1: there well um the very radicalism of his intentions um uh and uh, as i said uh, he really confirmed that he's going to implement all the things uh, that he promised uh there's a high risk that it will um, increment social tensions in argentina argentina is a country with a long history of organized labor movement and um, wholesale privatization of state assets um the slashing of uh, social benefits all of these things uh they could really uh, uh, increase social tensions and uh, ignite uh protests on the streets we've seen that in uh, Argentine history not so long ago um in 20 uh, 2001 for example uh then um Uh, There's a high risk of uh, hyperinflation uh, in the short term, which uh, even he himself uh, recognizes. And then the remedies that he proposes, such as uh, abolishing the central bank and dollarization of the economy. uh, The problem is uh, that he failed to explain how exactly this is going to play out, how it will benefit uh, Argentines. Uh, besides the mantra that beaching uh, uh, peso in favor of dollar would um, kill uh, uh, the, the the inflation, uh, but that is that may all sound very nice in theory, but we are uh, yet to see uh, what is what what are going to be the social costs of uh, the program that uh, he endeavours to implement.
0: Yeah, I was just going to add to that. I think it's interesting the sort of icon he's adopted, as you point out in your article, of uh, you know a chainsaw. He's going to sort of chainsaw uh, the state, um, and that has pretty wide implications for Argentina. Just wondering if you could comment on that. His general ideology of sort of, I, I guess, uh, you know, uh, attacking the state apparatus itself um, in a very like. Broad rather than targeted manner,
1: yeah. Uh, that, that, that is where um, uh, the ideology comes in. I mean, it's clear that uh, Argentina's economic situation is pretty horrific with inflation running at annual rate of you know, more than 140 percent, with uh, more than 40 percent of the people uh, below the poverty line, uh, outstanding debt of uh, 43 billion dollars that argentina owes to the national Monetary fund obviously these are very difficult um, conditions and uh, the outgoing government uh, uh, has been dealt a very uh, difficult situation because uh, when it uh, came to power in 2019 almost immediately the pandemic started, so they had to deal with that also. Uh, That, of course, uh, doesn't uh, justify uh, the fact that uh, they were not perhaps so good at managing the economy if this is the situation that we have. Now, again, uh, what uh, Argentina probably would have needed would have been a targeted uh, reform uh, rather than just this uh, wholesale ideological uh, slogan about demolishing the state as the root. Uh,
0: yeah, he, he basically, people. it sounds like, wants to take a wrecking ball to the entire state apparatus.
1: Yes, I recall the interview that Tiger Carlson made with him uh, down in Buenos Aires. And uh, uh, during like 40 minutes uh, that uh, that interview took place, um he had a chance to explain his broader economic uh vision uh but uh, basically what it all boiled down to uh was uh the incessant ranting against the socialists and the communists uh who are and the politicians corrupt politicians you know, who are robbing the people of the fruits of their work and therefore the solution is just uh straightforward demolish the states the state and uh, uh, the political establishment which uh, he calls uh, la casta mm-hmm. but uh, uh, there was and is a real shortage of concrete proposals uh, how uh, to fix uh, that dire situation Argentina is in beyond those ideologically motivated uh, precepts.
0: I know you didn't cover this in the article, but what do you make of the um, all this talk about the Falkland Islands?
1: Um, well, uh, the outgoing uh, administration and uh, the apparent the presidential candidate Sergio Massa—he uh, uh, definitely tried to make make it an issue uh, during the presidential debate, uh, where he said that uh, the sovereignty of uh, the Falkland of Argentines call it uh, Malvinas uh, island uh, Islands is uh, is not negotiable. That's uh, Argentinian territory, will stop. Uh, and Millet took um, a different position, uh, saying that uh, uh, this issue has to be solved uh, diplomatically, without giving up. With the ultimate goal of recovering the argentine sovereignty over the islands uh but definitely it did not um, say it did not play a huge role in the outcome of the elections this perceived weakness of military position on falcon islands uh, as we see in the results uh, it did not play a major role uh, in, uh, in the choices of Argentinians. Also, it's interesting that uh, uh, Javier Milei uh, is a known uh, fan of Margaret Thatcher, uh, whom he hailed uh, several times as the uh, model to follow when it comes to economic reforms. And of course, Margaret Thatcher was the prime minister at a time when the United Kingdom and Argentina were at war on the Falkland Islands. Uh, but even that, uh, apparently, uh, failed to make, uh, any impression on the electorate, which again, uh, comes to underline, uh, how dire is the economic situation uh, in the country. Uh, the people, uh, did not seem to be bothered at all, uh, about what looked like to some as, uh, just giving up on, uh, part of sovereign territory of Before we
0: close out, I know that you've um, retweeted Sarab Amari's recent piece, uh, MAGA's foolish embrace of Javier Malay. What do you make of the, I would say, dissident American right-wing faction uh, embracing Malay? And do you think they're making a mistake, as
1: Amari um, argues, Well, it seems to me that there are parts of um, uh, U.S. uh, should we call it populist movement, MAGA movement, uh, uh, whatever you call it, uh, that they simply take delight at uh, supporting anyone who is despised by Washington Post, by New York Times, etc., by the elites. Uh, However, uh, when you look uh, into uh, his proposals into his rhetoric, into what he said, uh, and compare that with actual policies uh, and rhetoric of uh, Donald Trump, um, then uh, you will see that there is uh, very little in common. With Trump, um, well, it's one question what he did uh, when in office, but he definitely campaigned uh, on a program that had very little to do with uh, this free market fundamentalism, uh, which is caused by Mr. Millet. So in this sense, I agree with uh, Sokrab Bahmari when he says that uh, it seems that uh, parts of modern movement, uh, they're simply animated by uh, animosity towards the powers that be, towards uh, the elites, and that becomes a sort of an end in itself uh rather than means uh to improve the actual situation
0: yeah it, it becomes a form of um i would say nihilism at a certain point but uh that that'll be a discussion for another time maybe uh, before we close out uh i wanted to ask you about the situation with uh azerbaijan uh nagorno karabakh and uh the us sort of pausing its you know support for Azerbaijan. You've written a lot about this. Uh, what's your general commentary?
1: Well, um, uh, the situation has changed uh, recently with the uh, United States announcing that they're not going to um, renew uh, that waiver that uh, would enable the administration to keep uh, providing uh, military security aid to Azerbaijan because of Azerbaijan's actions. Uh, in South Caucasus, in the war with uh, Armenia. So, uh, this is something, as you quite rightly pointed out, uh, I advocated for, uh, in my writings because, uh, whatever the complexities of the situation in the South Caucasus, and it really is a complex situation, it's not a situation of uh, evil versus good or black versus white, white. But, uh, what is clear is that, uh, at least the way I see it, there is no reason uh, for the United States uh, to support a party uh, in a conflict uh, that is not only a dynastic dictatorship uh, but also behaves in a quite predatory and aggressive way in the region. And I know that one of the arguments that is uh, often used why US uh, has to support uh, Azerbaijan. Uh, is because uh, Azerbaijan has difficult, uh, tense, even relationship with Iran. And by supporting Azerbaijan, the U.S. supposedly is advancing its own security interests in the region. Well, this is a very weak argument, I have to say, because uh, uh, if there are tensions between Iran and and Azerbaijan, there is not one side. Uh, it's not just the Iranian side that's responsible for it, but also to a great extent, it's actually Azerbaijani side uh, with uh, leadership uh, openly promoting irredentist uh, claims on part of the Iranian territory. Obviously, uh, that ignites a uh, very strong reaction from Tehran. But in my view, there's absolutely no reason why the United States should get involved and why, much less, why they should support President in this dispensation uh,
0: In closing, what do you hope my listeners get out of the conversation we've been having here? What are the main points you want them to take away from the discussion we had uh, about Argentina's new president,
1: uh, Javier Millet? Well, I think um, despite all the uh, critical observations and comments uh, I made uh, we still have to be prudent and we have to wait and see uh, how really uh, his presidency will play out uh, both on economic, uh, internal uh, track and, and foreign policy uh, but so far at least uh, as far as foreign policy is concerned which is uh, what I uh, mostly focus on Uh, There's a strong reason to be concerned uh, about what he's planning to do. Because as I said, uh, so far, his track record suggests that uh, he does uh, what he says. He means what he says. And that means uh, that uh, it is quite possible that uh, uh, he'll prove to be disrupting force in Argentina's uh, foreign policy, creating uh, unnecessary uh, misunderstandings or crisis even with uh, some of the closest uh, trade partners and neighbors uh, of the country. Uh, And um, we can only hope that uh, the realities of uh, government and the potentially, and I want to emphasize that word, potentially the restraining influence of his new allies um, from the center right would somehow limit the damage but uh, for now I will advise caution and uh, low expectations and uh, mostly uh, mostly to hope that uh, uh, the damage uh, from his positions and statements uh, will somehow be damaged they uh, will somehow be limited just to reiterate
0: it, it sounds like the biggest concern with his foreign policy vision is that and you can correct me on this if i'm wrong he could end up isolating argentina within the region
1: yes exactly, exactly. And not only within the region also within the global community and i'm i'm not talking only about the global south here uh i Mentioned also in my article, his very skeptical attitude uh, towards Mercosur, which is a South American trade bloc, uh, and uh, there's a very ambitious trade agreement that is being negotiated between the European Union and Mercosur. The European Union obviously is a major market, mar- market major interest for South American nations, including Argentina. And uh, the way that he's dismissive about Mercosur, and he hinted about. Uh, uh, abandoning it altogether that obviously is also a um, matter of concern which could also isolate Argentina um also from the European Union not just China, India and uh, other countries
0: Thank you again Eldar for coming on Parallax Views Can you let my listeners know how they can keep up with your work?
1: Well uh I'm on Twitter uh, I Uh, regularly contribute to responsible statecraft, uh, occasionally to Eurasian Net and uh, sometimes to the American conservative. Thank you again. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure.
0: Well, that does it for this edition of Parallax Views. As always, if you appreciate the work here I do at Parallax Views, please consider supporting me on Patreon. It is you, the listener, that helps keep this show going. I have one count them, one advertiser, the mighty Mike Swanson of Wall Street Window. But otherwise, this show is entirely listener funded. And you are the folks, the kind folks, I should add, that make this show possible. So, patreon.com slash parallaxviews, patreon.com slash parallaxviews. Please consider making a monthly donation. And with that being said. Until next time, you've been listening to Parallax Views with Jeralax Views. The way out is not simply
1: to say, don't do it just to prohibit. If nothing else, if we don't do it, others will be doing this like crazy. So, you know, we have to confront the problem. But no, basically, basically, I I know of the great anxiety problems, new forms of control, but it's also new forms of freedom. This is why I always emphasize that uh,